Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Of all the Stations of the Cross, which is the one that troubles you the most? Of all the 14 Stations of the Cross, is there one that makes you most sad? You're the most sorrowful over what Jesus is going through? It really gets to you? Well, you know, for me, growing up as, as a Catholic in a Catholic school, I remember it was really three Stations that got me, number three, number seven, and number nine. It was Jesus falling the first time, the second time, and then the third time. He just kept falling. I remember in junior high, that just really moving me, looking at these little devotional books and seeing the images on our church walls of Jesus falling and falling and falling under the heavy weight of the cross. Why did he do this? This is the son of God, the, the creator of the universe, and he's falling three times. And as I've gone, gotten older and reflected more and more on this, I realize I contribute to that weight of the cross. I mean, I was probably told that when I was in junior high, but it's hit me more, especially after reading something beautiful I want to share with you today from Pope Benedict that he, he wrote many years ago about how the three falls of Jesus, that tradition of him falling three times, why three? It corresponds to the threefold wounds of human nature, fallen human nature, the threefold fallen state of humanity after original sin. What the New Testament describes in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 as... The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. So the lust of the eyes, the covetousness and seeking things and praise and, and worldly glory and comfort. And that saddens Jesus and adds to his cross. The lust of the flesh, my impure thoughts, impure actions, that adds to the weight of the cross. But today, I want to focus in on that third deep wound in, in, in human nature. And I think it's the one that is the weightiest on Jesus's shoulders on Good Friday the pride of life. You see, as Christians, we know pride is a bad thing, but, you know, and if we all took a quiz, we'd all say, yeah, yeah, we're, we have pride. We struggle with pride. But deep down, I don't know if we realize how proud we really are. <laughs> you know, because I think sometimes we could think, you know, pride is just for those really arrogant people, you know, those really egotistical folk out there that, you know, are saying, I'm better than everybody else. And yes, that's a form of pride. But I think ordinary Christians, good Christians who love Jesus and, and, and want to walk as his faithful disciples. I think many of us, like Christians like you and me, we can struggle a lot with pride in deep ways because pride isn't just being arrogant. Pride also involves simply not accepting our dependence on God. We can have many forms of spiritual pride where we don't want to need God as much as we really do. We don't want to have to depend on him as much. And I think there's many ways we trick ourselves in thinking we don't need God. And, and, and I want to talk about that today because this isn't just an area that we need to grow in. It is. But I want us to make that connection that Pope Benedict does, that when we don't live in the truth about ourselves, the truth of our complete, utter dependence on God, that is, as Jesus says, the night before he dies at the Last Supper in John 15, 5, that famous line, he says, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do absolutely nothing. Do we realize how dependent we are on him? 
And I want to reflect on ways that we fall into this kind of spiritual pride in our marriages and our family lives, our friendships, and most of all, directly in our relationship with God. And that's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And uh, it has been just a blessing here in this Lenten season, getting to visit a, a number of different parts of the country and presenting at different Lenten missions and all. So I was at the Green Bay Catholic Women's Conference recently. So a big shout out to the amazing women in Green Bay, hundreds of women gathering together in the diocese. And I have to say, I it's really funny, you know, I do speak at men's conferences too, but I actually tend to get more invitations from women's conferences. I think because I've written on Mary, I've written on marriage, I do a lot on spirituality. So, uh, but I, I speak at a lot of women's conferences, but I got to tell you, this conference in Green Bay w- was so impressive. I was so impressed at the emphasis on really building up these women in their interior lives, in prayer. There was a challenge to pray every day, even if you're a young mom, even if you're raising kids and you're drowning and you're overwhelming, there was acknowledgement you're not gonna be able to pray like you normally did before, but, but in the midst of it, how much we need prayer, all of us. And, and they challenged the women to daily prayer. And they provided confession all day long. They prayed one decade of the rosary at different points throughout the day. So we got all the joyful mysteries in in the day. We had time for ador- Eucharistic adoration uh, in front of the monstrance and, and, and time for personal prayer. It really was impressive. You know, a lot of conferences tend to be just a bunch of talks, but this one was really focused on building up these women's interior lives. So way to go, Diocese of Green Bay and that wonderful women's conference there. Uh, I was also, I've just returned from Buffalo, New York, and uh, where I was speaking at a couple of the parishes there for their Lenten mission, and uh, shout out to all of them. That was a blessing. I never knew, this is crazy, I mean, maybe I'm just like a theologian and just my head's in the books, but I never knew Buffalo Wings came from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> I never knew that. So they're all telling me all about wings, and they all were debating the different places in town and which one was the best wings, and I got to go to the original place where I think it was in 1963 that Buffalo Wings were established. <laughs> and so uh, that was a lot of fun. So a big shout out to all the, the priests and laity in the Diocese of Buffalo. Great to be with you all. Pride. Let's talk about pride, my friends. I need to hear this because, <laughs> yeah, I, I can fall into that habit too, going, oh, I know I need God. and but But I think it's important to be reminded of how we can fall into pride in, in very subtle ways throughout our daily lives. And th- when we do this, it really adds to the weight of Jesus's cross on Good Friday. Now, I keep saying that. What do I mean by that is, you know, Jesus, the, the son of God, and takes on humanity in Jesus because he's going to enter into our state, you know, and, and he's going to offer his whole life as a gift of love to the Father on Good Friday to atone for our sins. But he is entering into all of our suffering, including this, this threefold fallenness of, of human nature, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So the more we fall into these things, it, you know, it's not just like, oh, I have a weakness that I got to improve. You know, I think that's where we are in our culture. A lot of Christians don't like to talk about that three-letter word called sin, S-I-N. <laughs> they like to think of it more, oh, I got this weakness or I've had this imperfection and I got to get better. I want to improve. But they don't like to actually reflect as much on the connection between when I do sin, it really does affect my relationship with Jesus. 
it impacts him. It's more that he has to take on and enter into and as he's taking on the, the weight of our brokenness and all. So it's important that we try to get better and, and grow in humility and not fall into the ways of pride. So I'm just going to offer a few thoughts uh, from the Catholic tradition on ways we can fall into pride. One is simply a certain kind of stubbornness. And, and I, I bet there's some listeners out there that are like this. I know I'm this way. If my wife were here, she'd be just nodding and smiling, going, yep, that, that's my husband. <laughs> he, he can be this way too. Um, maybe maybe you, you can relate here. You know, we're, we cling to our own plan. We get a certain plan in our mind. I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. I want to get this done. This is what the parish needs to do. This is what the company needs to do. This is what our family needs to do. We kind of get this idea in our head and we don't really consult God on it so much. I mean, maybe just like a quick little prayer or we just kind of say, all right, God, help me, you know, uh, help me accomplish my will. (laughs) Help me accomplish my plan. I think people that are, you know, a little more type A, a little more choleric can easily fall into this. We just run, you know, we just, we we get an idea. We just want to run with it. Um, And God can use that for good, of course, but it's so important that we don't just run after our own plans. It's interesting, you see so many Christians that just run after their own plans and they talk about God and it's really spiritual and all, but sometimes you get a sense that they haven't really surrendered it to God. I mean, is there something that's on your heart right now that you really want, you long for this and you're driving for it? You know, some big dream you have for, again, something, maybe it's in the company you work for, for your career, you know, the next step for your career, maybe. Uh, maybe it's something you're really hoping for uh, in your diocese or for the parish or something you really want for your family life. And it may, maybe isn't a bad thing, but you're you're just so attached to it that you're not really open to the possibility that God may not want that for you. Not that it's a bad thing, but that God may want you just to be more detached. Is there anything you're clinging to right now? And I'm as I'm saying these words, I'm, I'm right now going in my head thinking of a couple of things. I can go, oh yeah, I, I need to surrender this more to Lord myself. It's it's easy to kind of say, oh, I, I'm I'm doing God's will, but really I'm just trying to do my own will and you know have God bless it, <laughs> as opposed to really surrendering it to the Lord. I mean, that, that, I think that's the key here: is are we attached? Do I do I lose my peace thinking about I might not get that thing that I really want, or that situation I really want, or that promotion, or that experience, that opportunity, whatever that is, is there something that I'm just clinging to so much that I can't really hear the voice of God, maybe gently speaking to me, Ted, it's okay. You don't need this. Or Ted, yeah, no, this would be a really good thing, but I have something better for you. I'm not even going to tell you what it is right now. So this isn't going to work out. You know, I, I noticed that I had some things happen this last fall where I remember really hoping this was going to work out and it just didn't. And I tried everything I could for this this situation to work out and it just didn't work. And I just had to kind of just go, okay, Lord, the Lord has something else in mind, you know? So I think that's one way when we cling to our plan, we're not really seeking the Lord, we're seeking our own will. We we ask Lord the Lord to bless our plan <laughs> as opposed to asking, Lord, what is your plan for my life? What is it that you really want? Uh, I think that's that, that's one dangerous area we can easily fall into pride. Another one, this one is from one of my great heroes, St. John of the Cross, doctor of the church. This is something we can all fall into that he says that some of us, you know, we may look at our, our weaknesses that we have. We have a certain sin, a certain imperfection, and we're just really frustrated with ourselves. We're frustrated that we're not getting better. 
and we keep, you know, we keep falling into this sin and we're not changing. We're not improving fast enough. Uh, John of the Cross says that some souls can be anxious, anxious for God to remove their imperfections. And then, but they're not doing it primarily out of love for God. They're doing it more because they want to feel better about themselves. <laughs> they're, they're uncomfortable that they keep having this weakness and this sin. And, and it's more about themselves. It's more about like, ah, how come I'm not better? I should be so much more improved by this point. I've been working on this for the last three years and I'm not noticing as much improvement. They're frustrated with themselves. And John of the Cross refers to this as a kind of spiritual pride. Now, please don't get me wrong. It's a good thing to try to work on our sins and our weaknesses. But do you ever do that where you're so frustrated with yourself when you, you lose your temper again? Or you fall into that impure thought, or you you find yourself too worried about what other people think, or you find yourself saying things that you wish you didn't say, and uh, and and you struggle with these things. When when that happens, how do you respond? Are are you more frustrated with yourself, or are you more sad that you've added to the weight of Jesus on the cross? I mean, imagine, just imagine, I want to put this really into a very personal context. So, you know, just, just imagine if you are there on the streets of Jerusalem and you were, you had this like hundred, let's say it's a 50 pound weight, 50 pound weight. And all of a sudden you, you put it on top of the cross of Jesus. And then right after you did that, Jesus fell. Imagine if at that moment you, you kind of went and, just went to a little corner and pouted. Oh, I can't believe I put that on Jesus. Oh, why am I not better? Oh, I'm so frustrated with myself. Oh, why do I keep doing these silly things? And, and how come I'm not better? Isn't that horrible? <laughs> if you did something and you caused, you added more weight to Jesus's cross and you caused him to fall, wouldn't you just want to reach out and embrace him and kiss him and help pick up his cross and tell him you're sorry? That should be the attitude of a Christian. But as St. John of the Cross points out, that, that many times we're just frustrated with ourselves when we sin and we fall again and we have repeated failures. Uh, we're not so much worried about Jesus and adding to the weight of his cross. We're more worried about our own self-image. That's spiritual pride. How many of you have done that? I know I've done that. And I, and I feel badly that I focused more on me than I did on Jesus in those moments. You know, another kind of spiritual pride is when we, we compare ourselves to other people. Do you ever do that? You know, you're looking around, you compare yourselves to, you know, that family. Oh, look at that family and how they behave at mass and look at that marriage. And, you know, wow, that marriage seems, they seem to really honor each other and really respect each other and spend a lot of time together. And, you know, and I'm comparing my marriage isn't as good or our family, you know, isn't as disciplined and, uh, or this person is, seems so holy and I'm not as holy. Do you ever, do you ever fall into that comparison game? That's another kind of spiritual pride. Our standard isn't to compare ourselves to the people around us. And many times we're doing that because we, we want to have the security of going, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm not as bad as I thought, or I'm, I'm better than other people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing myself around, you know, I, then I, I'm looking at that as like I'm competing with my fellow Christians, my brothers and sisters in Christ. No, that's not what we should be doing. We should be looking at Jesus and looking at the saints. And those are our models. And yeah, we're going to fall short, but they should inspire us, inspire us to, to live more virtuously 
to surrender more of our lives to Christ. That's what, what the saints do and the great biblical heroes and imitating Jesus, you know, when you look at Jesus's life. And if we happen to notice others that maybe do live a holier life, we see them responding very calmly to stressful situations. You see the way they discipline their children. You see the way they treat each other as husband and wife. You see the way they they pray and they serve. And, you know, when, when we notice someone else's virtues, we shouldn't ever get discouraged and go, oh, how come I'm not like that? Again, that's focus on self. If anything, we should just praise the Lord. So it's beautiful and, and let that inspire us to say, oh, I want to do that. I just saw a couple today. It was really, it was really touching. We were at a social event, and I, I saw a couple as we were leaving, and and the, the the husband and wife had driven two different cars to this to the two different cars to the social event, and and they were starting to walk away, and then they said, "Oh wait, before you go, honey, come over here." And then she looks at him and he goes, no, let me come to you. And he walks up to her and gives her a big kiss and he hugs her. I just thought, oh, I was like really moved. That was really touching. You know, that before they left, he, he wanted to walk all the way across, go over to her, give her a kiss. It was really nice. You know, and I didn't sit there and go, wow, I don't do that to Beth enough. I'm not as good of a father or good as a husband. <laughs> you know, you know, if anything inspired me to go, oh, I want to I show more affection to my dear wife, you know? So when we see others virtues and, and we notice them, their good qualities, let that, let that encourage us, uh, inspire us to imitate it. But let's never fall into discouragement in, in that comparison game and feeling like we're behind. That's a form of spiritual pride. Last thing, last little way we fall into spiritual pride I want to talk about is self-reliance, when we rely on ourselves. And one of the main ways we do this is when we don't make time for daily prayer. Yeah, I know, I know we could be so busy in life and overwhelmed and especially when, if you're in family life, you know, and raising little kids, it can, you feel like you're drowning in life. How do you find time for daily prayer? I want to do a whole episode, I'll bring Beth on, on how to find time for prayer in the midst of busy marriage and family life. But just briefly here today, I would just say, it's so important that we find that time, you know, that husbands especially need to make it a priority to to give their wives time so that they can pray. Uh, maybe the husband needs to go pray at, at odd hours, like late at night, you know, or early in the morning, get up earlier, make the sacrifice for your own prayer time so that you can be there to watch the kids, to help help your wife get some prayer time in right there at home. She may not be able to get to an adoration chapel or, she, but, you know, just a little quiet time. We all need prayer. We need to breathe in the life of God every day. We need 15, 20 minutes at least, 20 minutes every day of conversation with the Lord. Not just saying prayers like the rosary or listening to prayers. There's a big trend to listen to prayers and listen to meditations. And that's beautiful. It's wonderful. Fill your mind with good things, but don't count that as prayer. Real prayer is taking that time for intimate conversation with the Lord, where you're reading the scriptures, you're sitting in silence, you're thinking about the scriptures, your, your mind is actively contemplating what you're reading, and, and you're talking to Jesus about this, asking him how it applies to your life. I think when we say we're too busy and we don't make time for daily prayer, I think it's a kind of spiritual pride. I'm kind of saying, I, I don't need you, Jesus. I, I got it. You know, I've, I've got this, you know, I'm just too busy right now, but I've got it. <laughs> you know, I, 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 whatever's going on in work, you know, I, I can do it all on my own. That's what we're kind of saying, or whatever's happening in my marriage right now. I don't need you, Jesus. I don't need prayer because I can be a good Catholic husband just all by myself. And my kids, no, they don't need me to pray because I'm, I'm doing really good on my own. Do you hear how prideful that is? I mean, I know we're not actually saying that, you know, literally, but 
in essence, we are. I mean, when, when we don't take time for prayer, to be with our God, to have him fill us up, to have him guide us, to listen to him, really listening to him and how he's nudging us, how he's uh, guiding our lives, how he's maybe redirecting us, calling us to repent. If I don't take time to really listen to him each day in prayer, I'm, I'm basically telling God I can do it all on my own. That is a great form of pride. That's another way we don't accept our dependence on the Lord. So my friends, we've been looking at a number of things. Just going to summarize. I want to make sure you got it all. That the, We looked at four main ways that we fall into pride uh, without being, you know, arrogant, you know, egotistical people, but just we, we, we struggle with this. How is it? One is when we cling to our own plan. We focus on, we're just so driven. I want to accomplish this. I need to have this. This is what's going to make me happy. I've got to do this. And we're not listening to others. We're not really listening to God. We're too attached. We're too attached to our own plans, our own dreams, uh, our own desires. When we're too attached, that's dangerous. Second thing is when we're, we're, we're anxious for God, as John of the Cross said, to remove our imperfections, not because of the weight that we're adding to Jesus's cross. And it hurts my friendship with Jesus. It's more just, I want to feel better about myself. I can't live with myself knowing that I've got all these imperfections. So fix me right now. That's a kind of pride. <laughs> Jesus maybe is just wanting me to linger in that imperfection longer so I can be humbled and, and, and depend on him more. And focus on him and not just myself. Thirdly, the when we fall in the, to the comparison game where we compare ourselves to others and we're always looking over our shoulder and wanting to be better than others. No, no, no. That's not what we want to do. We just want to imitate Jesus and the saints. And finally, when we don't make time for prayer, that's a kind of self-reliance, another form of pride where I'm telling God, I can do it. I don't need you. So my friends, I hope this is helpful in the season of Lent to really look deep into our souls and really examine our motives and what's really driving us. And are there ways that we're falling into spiritual pride and adding to the weight of the cross of Jesus Christ? Now, these reflections that I'm sharing with you, uh, some of them can be found in my newest book that I've mentioned before, Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. So if you're looking for new ways to pray the Stations of the Cross to bring it into your family, I've got for new, you know, kind of fresh reflections on the 14 traditional stations of the cross, as well as the biblical stations of the cross that St. John Paul II gave us. And I talk about creative ways you can bring stations of the cross into your own home, into your own family life, in your car, while you're walking, while you're exercising, many creative ways to pray stations of the cross. You can check out the reflections in Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. Thanks so much, my friends, and God bless. <music>